space-time, the ever-expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second, contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, to the 20th century, to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Temple Trek podcast. We are in season three, episode 69 of uh, the podcast. Yes, 69 already. Uh, but we're also in season three, episode 15 of Enterprise. And we are in Harbinger. It's just fun saying that. It's very, very cool. It's, it's uh, There's a sketch in one of my uh, favorite kids cartoons, uh, Teen Titans Go, where they say it's really cool to say it in a bad, like, evil way. Slade. I think this is my favorite one from this. It's Harbinger. I am Slade. Slade. Wow, his name is really fun to say it dramatically. Slade. Slade. Silence! What is the point of all this? We're in need of an arch nemesis, and we think you'd be a great fit. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. You guys are a joke. But, uh, I'm, of course I'm not alone. I am joined by... You're joined by Dan. Who is Dan? Who is running late? And his Dan and uh, the other Dan isn't running late. So, I don't know if that means we're in slightly different time positions or something or time you know but mm. we are together and when we're together we are Ta-dam! there we go yes well hopefully the the busy week isn't a harbinger of things to come <laughs> yeah, so, yeah i hope so mate yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um otherwise you're okay this week yeah all good mate thank you yeah, how are you? Good. Yeah, not too bad. I'm I'm just now recovered from uh, the party for my wife, so that's all done. Um, but now tomorrow I go back to work for the first time this season, uh, and it's straight into a kids' half term. So uh, oh yeah, it's all going to be great yeah. fun. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's a uh, the basically the whole week is just old uh carnival games so we've got like a massive um you know temping bowling we've got coconut shire all this sort of yeah. stuff um cool. and uh i'm working it this time around but i have absolutely no idea what i'm supposed to be doing so i'm trying to channel kind of like uh you know circus person you know kind of like yes. a ringmaster type thing just in case they need that character so i've been listening to uh beatles the benefit of mr kite uh, you know <laughs> or trying to get into that that mindset before tomorrow just in case i need to go from just being the guy who says oh go and park your buggies over there to actually putting something sequins on and sort of roll up roll up and doing this so just in case i'm getting in the mindset um that's got nothing to do with star trek but there we go no well i've got something that's to do with star trek um oh, and it's it's a, a i don't know if an apology is the right word but it's mm. a it's a sort of thank you and a, a sort of i'll let you off on a couple of things because of this okay. i was listening to carpenter street this morning that we released mm-hmm. and i was moaning about not getting to watch carpenter street and and twilight and stuff like that but i also realized that i don't have to watch these other voyages 
So thank you. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, and you only have to watch it in conjunction with the TNG episode that it'll happen alongside. So it's absolutely fine. Well, you see, there's there's always a silver lining. Indeed. There we go. <laughs> and uh, yes, li- dear listeners, you don't have to watch it as well. So if you're following along with us, uh, these are the voyages are a far, far flung part of our future. Whether we'll get there, who knows? Uh, but it might be a harbinger of things to come. Um, yeah. OK, then. So uh, speaking of which harbinger, uh, any thoughts on this episode, general thoughts and impressions, uh, any memories associated to this one? No, not really. But my general thought is that this episode, or at least this episode of Temple Trek, could literally be just one long um, retread. Because <laughs> this is Reed at his worst, isn't it? So we could just ignore the episode and just, just have retread, the little jingle, just playing over and over again for an hour. And that would be about right. You're a very brave man, Malcolm never much cared for the name Malcolm. I was rather growing fond of the name Stinky. L- let's just do that. That's fine by me. The amount of times I wrote down, Reed is still being <laughs> I, re- I reckon this is one of Dan's retreats. That's it. I've just re- over and over again. Oh, God, yeah, it's the whole way through. I mean, this is the episode designed for the retreat, the jingle, isn't it? Um, I, I remember the Harbinger. I remember the, the alien, the canary, yep. or whatever we're going to call him. And I remember it being a part of an episode, but I thought it would be a much more bigger thing. Mm. Like I thought the whole episode would pretty much be, you know, can we trust this guy sort of thing? And it was like a to and fro. Yeah. I mean, now you say that, I don't, I remember, I don't remember him being bad. I remember him being like mm. a victim, mm. but that isn't how it turns out, obviously. But um, that's how I remember it. Yeah. And I'm sort of conflating it as well with, um haggard daniels because we've already done stormfront back in the 1940s i'm sort of remembering him all twisted up from the time travel back then and i think i've complete conflated it with this character as well thinking that these were two of the same things all happening so i seem to remember this episode better than what actually we got which ends up being a retread for 45 minutes um Yes. So, listeners, you've got a great 45 minutes of uh, episode yes. to listen to now. To look forward to now. Uh, under our LCARS system, uh, and in Temple Trek Way, we locate the point in time. That's where we start. Um, we actually start at 1 minute 31 seconds because someone thought that there was enough of a season three arc to recover for 1 minute and 31 seconds. I mean... There's been barely any arc or setup, or don't forget they did this six episodes ago. I'm pretty sure we can remember what's been happening up to this point. Uh, but there we go. From that point, after that hefty recap, um, Trip has some feet in his hands, and oh, we're God, in yeah. sexy Trek, but not what we think. No. It's no. not to pole. Da, da, da. Yeah, she doesn't have pointy ears. She's a, a Mako, I think. I mean from based on the conversation yes but we've never seen this person before and i don't (laughs) think we ever see her again either (laughs) so mako number six we'll just call her i guess uh, until we find out her name a little bit later in the episode um she's a bit ticklish maybe uh maybe we should try another position oh do you mean a posture (laughs) my eyes have only just now come back the right way from the massive (laughs) eye roll at this (laughs) 
The dialogue was just atrocious. <laughs> I didn't like this scene, just in case you didn't know. Uh, Reed sees the Makos as enemies. Well, yeah, he's pretty much been that way so far. He sees everyone as enemies. Uh, Hayes is consistent, but so is Reed. He had the same meal every day for a year. Just sounds like my student life, to be fair. <laughs> what was your student meal? Uh, mine was pasta, cheese, and then I would swap out the vegetable. So it would be a different veg because I was tricking my mind into thinking, oh, I'm being I'm being good to myself by having a different thing, like sweet corn this week, and then I'll have something else that's frozen next week. Because um, <laughs> that was all I could afford, a massive bag of pasta, massive bag of frozen sweet corn, and like uh, a cheese that would grate over the top. And that's pretty much what I lived on for an entire year, trying to save some money. Didn't do anything. There we go. Um, and yeah, they thank God for the credits is all I've written on my notes because <laughs> it ends the scene. <laughs> Just then, any thoughts on the opener? Um, yeah, I mean, it was like, oh, God, here we go. And then it was even worse because it was like, oh, God, no, another one. <laughs> I, mean, I, I realise, you know, there's not a lot of men on the on the ship to choose from, really. True. So maybe, true. you know, maybe Trip would inge- engender some interest, I suppose. But <laughs> yeah, just like really, yeah, I'm not, I, I can't even be bothered to talk about it. It's just a, it was such a waste of time. Like they were talking about, they were trying to get into the whole thing about Reed and Hayes and setting up that there's a rivalry between the two of them, but they did it by introducing a character we don't care about and have never seen again and you know and the type of star trek that is just getting annoying at this point that they are just constantly talking about positions oh let's get into a yeah. position and pos- yeah. no it, it, it oh god why aren't they just treating it like a massage thing like yeah it, okay yes but be a bit more appropriate with it, it just uh why isn't it not in sick bay it's just so many questions <laughs> um so we get into and this is the best bit about the episode a star log entry that has a date. We were given a day. Yay! Maybe I'll get a little crowd sound uh, in the background. Um, it's a uh, uh, timey-wimey thing. Timey what? Timey-wimey? I've, I've no idea where he picks that stuff up. It is the 27th of December, 2153. So we are at the end, literally days away from the end of 2153. And this is the last episode of the year we saw in the year way back when in horizon with tra- uh, timmy i think meeting his family and we have finally reached 2153 this one felt like a slog i don't know about you <laughs> yes I, I think so this yes. one felt a lot longer i'm trying to think of the highlights of 2153 and i'm i'm struggling at the moment yeah. yeah oh we've we've had all sorts we've had more neuropressure sessions we've had slave markets we've had yes. unexplained monkey men everything <laughs> Uh, but I'm sure we'll re- recover that in our next episode, which will be a reco- uh, a uh, retrospective of 2153. Yes, I'm looking forward to it already now. Yeah, exactly. Now you've yeah. you reminded me all the way from Horizon. What a great start! Right to the <laughs> right to Harbinger, which is a, a fantastic ending. Uh, yes. Um, uh, they're on the way to Avzati Prime, so we're pretty much doing what we did in season one, where it was three weeks to get to Riser, but this time it's going to be three weeks to get to Azati Prime. And it really feels like it's going to be three weeks. Um, Hayes wants some training drills and he's already gone behind Reed's back and he's trying to get Archer to do these drills, try and work with Hayes. Um, not that anyone's found him or seen him for the last six weeks because uh, Hayes has just disappeared. Somehow the Mako's tactics and tech is uh, years above Starfleet's. Any thoughts on why that might be? 
Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense. It would make sense if they'd been out in space for that mm. time, because mm-hmm. they, but they've gone back and been retrofitted and stuff. Yeah. So surely they didn't like go, well, we won't put in the new stuff because, you know, we'll leave that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just put in the stuff that's two and a half years old, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's bizarre. And and the thing about Reed as well, like, the thing about going back, I'm not sure he really went behind Reed's back. I mean, I guess maybe he should have spoken to Reed direct, but, you know, it's not really going behind his back, is it? It's, that's Reed's paranoia, that is. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was trying to think of like an equivalent that I might have from previous jobs. Mm. And I was trying to think if maybe if you were like the marketing person in a job and maybe the finance person in the job and there's overlap because like with marketing, you bring in sort of new investors and then with finance, you have to you know cultivate it. But if someone set up a set of training things on you know how to use Excel spreadsheets, which is obviously going to help you in your thing, but it's not really the same thing. Like the Makos are dealing with security. And as they've quite rightly said, Reed is always about tactics. He's about the ship. Mm. And he's just gone to the captain and said, look, the Makos do drills. Come and join us. Yeah. I don't, I didn't really see that was circumventing anything. No, no, not really. I mean, I guess, I guess maybe it's indicative of their poor relationship, mm. but it doesn't feel like a sort of betrayal or, a, you know, particularly, you know, He's just gone, well, it's a bit like me at work, you know, when you have an idea, mm. you share it with the person it's most sort of, you know, makes sense to share with, you know, and yeah. it might be your direct manager or it might be a colleague or whatever, but, you know, it doesn't, it mm. is just read being this. See, there we go. So this is a specific retread. Yes. This is the first one. Yes. Not, not, not very British at all, really. I think she's pretty. You ever noticed her bum? She's got an awfully nice bum. Shut up, Reed. Awfully nice. There we go. The jingle's gone in. There we go. So, yeah, this is definitely the first one, because like, I was trying to think of future instances in Star Trek. You know when Shelby goes behind Riker's back to give all the plans about the Borg? Like that is a ge- ge- genuine thing. She's gone behind his back, and he and she's gone to the captain. This really just doesn't feel that way. It's purely the pettiness of Reed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Reed does say that they only have simulated combat, which leads me to think: Why do the Makos still exist? If there's really no wars for them to fight, why have they kept them around? Like, why is that budget not being cut to come back to finances? Like, why did anyone on earth think, oh, we still need these just in case? It's just bizarre. Um, they fought real aliens, which I thought was a fair point. You know, Reed has actually fought yeah. real aliens, but equally, Hayes hasn't invited the one person who gets kidnapped every single week to these training sessions. So, Reed's point about we've actually fought real aliens, and by the way, they've abducted you so- several times. Why is Archer not being invited on these courses as well? Absolutely, yeah, very true. Yeah, perhaps he needs some separate training. Like perhaps that's what Archer needs. Is like, you know, like in the SAS when they you know <laughs> train him to resist interrogation and stuff. He really needs some of that, doesn't he? I can see like a scene where like you just come in on a scene and Archer's all beaten up and bruised and tied up, and then it spreads out and there's a haze like doing a, <laughs> a sort of training session with him. <laughs> Tell me again. Tell me again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll reintroduce the squeak in your floorboards if you don't come back to us. Yeah. 
Uh, or punching him in the kidneys. Like, this is what it really feels like. Bang. And you're not going to get a T-shirt for this one. Bang. Archer says that they've handled themselves really well when talking about the Makos. So let's just recap, shall we? They've repelled down and shot a bunch of miners. Beleaguered miners. They People who were, you know, are badly fed, probably haven't slept right. So they managed to take on some people who weren't really armed. Okay, so there we go. Um, They've beaten up two insectoids, but they got their asses handed to them as well. Uh, They beat up four reptilians, but also had their asses handed to them. They were outthwarted by space priests and they uh, couldn't take on a bunch of cowboys, literal cowboys in space. So are they really that good? <laughs> but no, Reed is still a dick. And uh, yes, I've got Reed Trid written right here. They buy a mine folks and they give away the dogs with military wig of anger in my hand. Awfully nice. In Sick Bay, uh, Commander or Corporal Cole, we get given a name for this number six Mako. Uh, she's getting headaches because Trip just can't seem to do the neuropressure correctly. And so DePaul, it seems to be written as if she's instantly jealous. Like she's like a 14 year old girl. Yeah. She's not really listening to what Flox is saying. She's taking it in, but she's really not going for it. And a sort of fleck of anger, sort oh, of. Definite. Yeah, definite. Um, yeah. And I'm just on, thinking just generally now for the whole episode, the way that a poll is written this week, it annoyed me and I didn't know if it annoyed Did it? You. No, I, I kind of like it. Really? Actually. Yeah, Ooh. I do. Because I really like that scene when they're in, they're, they're, she's doing the neuropressure on her. Right. And she starts right. talking about the arms, you know, the really nice arms. It's just this little moment, you know, because <laughs> I think with Topol, it's, she, it's like so many Vulcans in that she maintains this pretense of total chill and no emotion and all the rest. Of it. And in fact, she's so emotional and, and um, trip is her thing, you know, trips on her man, you know, I mean, it, it takes another season and a half or whatever to get to it, mm-hmm. but he is, you know, it's been the same way all the way through in a way, really. So I really like it because I just like that. It's very human in a funny mm-hmm. sort of way and you know and again she's been criticized by vulcans for becoming too human and this is a perfect example of that so actually and i really i like i like to poll generally when she is like you know dismissive of the humans and so oh, true about the humans you know and this is a perfect example of that where she's just like humans just, <laughs> you, can, you know in her head she's going i hate her fucking hate her <laughs> you just leave trip alone he's mine <laughs> no. and she's sort of plotting revenge you know she's thinking yeah i'll, I'll give her some new oppression she'll know all about that <laughs> so i i quite like yeah. it i oh, see i did drove me nuts the whole way through this episode i was thinking like oh god does she really have to be like that? Does she have to? I mean, the neuropressure, yes. When she like squeezes too hard and she forgets herself, that's a comedy moment. I like that beat. Um, but yeah, this, I don't know. It just, we've, we've already been introduced in Sim. Uh, you know, she already knows that he likes her. So it kind of feels like it's being written like, the, you know, oh, the teenager who got past the note in class and now yeah. he's he's acting the other way because as far as he knows, she doesn't know. And it just, uh, yeah, it just bothered me. And I don't know why. But yeah, that's probably my own uh, uh, thing. Um, in the corridor, Hayes is just trying to be a reasonable man. 
He's yeah. just suggesting Tuesdays and Wednesdays in the evening, but Thursdays we'll do in the mornings. No, I prefer evenings because it's a better workout. And it's, it's like, cough, Reed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Another retread goes just... in here. Yep. Yes, not, not, not very British at all, really. I think she's pretty. You ever noticed her bum? She's got an awfully nice bum. Shut up, Reed. Awfully nice. Bing. <laughs> Just he's such a dick. He really is. He really is. It's like it's like he's um it's like he's he's sort of come to his absolute nadir. Mm-hmm. of awfulness and assholeness. This is like this episode is just like it's like um I reckon he's got there's like antidepressants or something and he's just forgotten <laughs> to take him for a week or so and he's just become the massive <laughs> arsehole that he really is. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know he's got some medication that's been sort of keeping him cool and now he's yeah. just, he's forgotten and he's just like he's just a massive arsehole. <laughs> It's true. It's it's so horrible to watch. It's like watching yeah. The Office. You know when there, yeah, there's that cringy yeah. moment in watching The yeah. Office, and you're just seeing this guy who just doesn't get how he's reacting to other people, and he's just horrible. I would hate to work for Reed, or be oh. anywhere connected to him. Um, you you circumvented my authority. No, he didn't. F- off. Yeah. Um, uh, we then go to the bridge. And Timmy has something to do. He's run two diagnostics already. Oh, we didn't yeah. see him do it, no, uh, but he has no. run two di- diagnostics. No. But he yep. f- he finds out the stars are shifting position, and they don't know why. Um, and uh, Archer, let's go take a look. Don't worry. It's not like there's a weapon being built out there, and you've only got two weeks to get there, and yeah. there's any kind of, I don't know, imperil or, or danger coming your way. Yeah. You know, just, just and, take and a it's detour. Not, it's not like the area's riddled with... Um... <laughs> <laughs> you know problems and riddled with sort of uh i can't even think of the right word now but um um what they call anom- anomalies and stuff mm. like that so it's not like you know that that it's a really weird thing to happen you wouldn't expect it to happen in the expanse would you Something <laughs> like that. So. yeah it's not like the ship stopped like unexpectedly and then they come across this anomaly they actually have to take a full detour to go towards it that why go to the danger that you don't know when you're heading straight towards the place you do need to get to yeah but you know this is this is something right that i say to carol my partner all the time whenever we watch star trek basically star trek would when when star trek's real it would be nothing like star trek because one of the first rules in the book would be don't go to the anomaly (laughs) because it causes you know you just wouldn't do it would you if you know like on TNG, you know, the number of times when they go, oh, we've we've encountered an anomaly, and we're like, but after about two or three of those, you go like, oh, well, let's leave this one alone. I don't reckon we should look at this one because <laughs> last time we nearly all died, or we, you know, we went back in time, or we, um, you know, there was there was seventeen wharfs, or you know, <laughs> Beverly Crusher ended up being the only person in the universe. You, know? <laughs> you just wouldn't do it's it. So would true. You? Like, I mean, it would ruin Star Trek as a, as a program but you know <laughs> <laughs> it really would i mean they would just say like, oh send a probe let that deal with exactly, it and, yeah. oh it got crushed by some weird radiation we haven't seen before okay then we know not to go near it fair <laughs> exactly, enough yeah. anyone got the space yellow tape no um uh, we'll just, yeah, we'll just, right, just put a buoy out yeah put a buoy exactly 
<laughs> that the whole universe would be just littered with buoys. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it's so true. And it, again, like, you know, when Voyager, they always joke that they were desperate to get home until they had a star to go and explore. And then they took a detour. Yeah. Fair enough. They're, you know, that what if that star has the technology that it takes to get them home? Fair enough. But this one, there is a Death Star being built that is going to destroy the Earth. And they've wasted months trying to find out where it is. They are within two weeks of getting there. And they take a detour. It doesn't make any sense. Uh if it had stopped them or, or you know, you know, it yes. meant that they won't be able to traverse it. So the only way to deal with it is to go to it. Fair enough. But they don't even say that in the script. Ah, uh, there we go. Um, Enterprise then does arrive at what I'm going to call the blob. Yes. Just put me in 1950s. Kind yeah, of absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Uh, which is a convergence of lots of anomalies. So rather than just one, we've got thousands of anomalies. So I don't know how many buoys it would take to sort of ring that one, but it's uh, 700 uh, million kilometers uh, in diameter. Uh, Hoshi picks up a signal and they uh, she is now in control of the view screen again. Remember oh, that yeah. thing she used to do back in season yeah. one and then yeah. Reed got it back? Well, now she's got it again. So again, I don't know what Hoshi is supposed to be doing this week, but there you go. Uh, they try and use the grappler. It misses, and it kind of reminded me of those carnival games, you know, where you have to try and pick up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Reed was getting really annoyed with himself that he couldn't get this pod. Um, and it was kind of a nice little get back at Reed because, you know, he's been such a dick in the previous scenes that, you know, oh, he can't get the little teddy bear out with the claw. Oh. Um <laughs> Uh, the blob expands as they try and pull it out, uh, and there's some weird sort of ammonium sulfide yeah. glitter disco thing going on in the bridge, um, which is sort of choking them. So we're getting a sense that the anomalies can change the, the atmosphere and stuff. Only in the bridge, though, which is weird. Yes, yeah. Because the anomalies coming up underneath yep. the ship, so it should really affect all the other decks besides the bridge, yeah. which is the only one that didn't get in engulfed, and engineering is completely fine. What's going on there? Um, just any thoughts on you know them risking themselves for this pod, thinking that yep. there might be something useful in it, but it's a big of a bit of a long shot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I suppose as you say, I mean, once they're there, it makes sense to to find out what the pod's all about, I guess. But why go there in the first place? Just go, you know, <laughs> get on with it. And the other thing you got me thinking about was because of the blob, the fifties blob. Mm. What should have happened is we sh they should have brought it in, and it should have been um, what's his name, the guy that was in the Blob, you know, the famous guy that was in oh, um, um, think, uh, Steve McQueen, Steve McQueen. It should have been Steve yeah. McQueen in the capsule, yeah. Oh yeah, it's like a guy's dressed dressed in fifties gear, yeah. and it's all, and it's another bit of the Temple Cold War. Where did he come from? Blah blah blah. blah. Uh, it turns out the Blob is actually real in the Star Trek universe, and there's all kinds of weird timey wimey stuff. Oh, that'd be cool. I'd like that. Um, Maybe we'll get it at some point, you know, with all the CGI kind of yeah. putting people in and deep fakes and stuff. Um, they open the pod and they find an alien that's all hooked up to some weird tubes. The makeup kind of looked like a, a sort of a cross between a Sulaban and, you know, I'm going to say it, the people in Extinction <laughs> with the weird noses. <laughs> like the bunky men. I thought maybe they were going to try and bring it back, but they didn't. You're um, obsessed. I keep saying this, but you're obsessed. Someday they're going to re redeem it. Someday there should be a jingle. Be we should have a jingle for every time you mention <laughs> extinction. 
I'll still be talking about it when we get to DS9. There'll <laughs> yeah, exactly. still be references yeah. back. Yeah. Oh, dear. He reminded me of The Thing, actually. That's what it reminded me of. Oh, yeah. So, sort of I mean, with The Blob, The Thing, do you feel like they were going for like a 50s kind of vibe on the yeah. episode? Yeah, maybe. Because, yeah. I mean, again, there's sort of the love triangle thing going on, so which is like a typical kind of 50s yep. ploy. There is like a, a love romance story going on. Uh, we get two sort of military types sort of duking it out, maybe. Maybe there is a 50s thing going on with Harbinger. Maybe. maybe. Um, at the ops room, um, they're adjusting the nav data, and Timmy needs another day yes. to now upload the new comp calculations yeah. that they've worked out based on the anomaly. I mean, I mean we've basically got what we got. we got broadband, which hmm. is an up- upload speed of, what, about 30 megaseconds, something like that? Mm-hmm. Maybe a bit more. And yeah, that's a shitload of data, isn't it? Yeah. <coughs> what were what those maps made from? I know. I mean, even if they, because they deleted the database in their in Chosen Realm, so maybe they haven't got as much to work on, so they're like reclaiming loads of stuff from whatever this anomaly has done. But you'd think that a supercomputer on board and a Vulcan would be able to yeah. work out some navigation data. Um, uh, Timmy just sucks. He's just terrible at his job. That's what it is. But they, they've now lost another day in their yep. pursuit of Azati Prime and the potential Death Star. Yeah. Um, uh, T'Pol says that the, there are five spheres in the local group and they appear to be making the blob. They're making this anomaly. Uh, so we are kind of furthering the season three arc yep. in some respects. I mean, this episode is about the season three arc. I don't think yep. you could do this episode without it being in season three, which is something we've criticised previous episodes for. But do you feel like it's enough? I suppose it, it sort of is, but it's a bit late now, isn't it? If this was episode sort of five or six, then yes, definitely. There's time mm. to stop and slow down a little bit and you know, but now we're rush you know, we're rushing towards the end now. And I think, you know, we've got from memory we've got we've still got the hatchery to come. Mm-hmm. Which is another one where yes, you could argue it's but it's a bit Yeah. I will save my, my Ira for um, <laughs> when we record that one, which I'm yeah, which <laughs> Listeners, dear listeners, you may be surprised to hear I'm not looking forward to, but you know, <laughs> I haven't actually watched that one yet. I've watched a couple no. in sort of a, we've gone forward from, but I've resisted hatchery so far. I'm like, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but yeah, we, I mean, what, I don't know, what episode are we on now? Season so, three? Yeah, so we're in um, season three, episode 15. We are 15 exactly, episodes yeah. so into a season. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it, it's okay, but it seems a bit late to be slowing down quite so much again. Mm. And they've lucked into finding this information again. If they hadn't have found out Azati Prime, they wouldn't find out where they were going and what they're going to. They're, it's completely incidental that they would find someone of an exact species who has the the information they need to get to that point. It just seems very very convenient. At yeah. this point in the season, if they'd run into him a lot sooner, like you say, they've established that there is another faction in the Temporal Cold War who are tricking the Zindi. Well, why didn't we meet this guy earlier and establish that there is a presence? But we won't find out about that until much, much later. Yeah, um, yeah like season three, season, uh, sorry, episode three, episode four of this season, I think made, would have made more sense. But there we go. And again, it's not really the focus of the episode. Again, no. they really want to focus on the trip to Paul 
love story yeah. and the Ray, the Reed and Hayes hatred um, yeah. and that kind of antagonism. And the whole Harbinger story just seems sidelined considering yeah. it's uh, a key piece of information in the arc. It's not really there. No. Um, training is the first set of uh, sparring pairs. Yeah. Uh, jacked Timmy returns like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. That man, he I mean, I, he reckon he could just like break open bottles with his biceps. He's just incredible. Um, but he's really good. And he's sort of punching out. Timmy does some really good crosses and like really uh, holds his own. And Reed smiles like it's like it's all down to him <laughs> that he trained. Him, yeah. Yeah. But again, let's recap, shall we? Uh to pole train them when they were fighting the Klingons, and that's about it. Oh yes, nobody the, has the role, no, yes. Nobody has trained Timmy in any other thing no. other than to pole, and Reed is taking smug satisfaction. So for me, this was a Reed trid. Just that okay. smile. There we go. So Bane. That's what's that three or four so far? Three in an episode. Just he was going so well in twenty one fifty three, and now yeah. he's just spiking up the stats for the for next week. Um, it, it goes too far. He was fair game. Should have been uh, shouldn't have been looking at his hands. You, you should have been looking at his eyes. Was the first time it gets mentioned in the episode. Um, jolly good is how he ends the argument. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jolly good. Oh God! Could he be more annoyingly British? Uh, just any thoughts on on the fights, uh, choreography, and and where it went in that episode? Did he go too far? Well, I sort of think they did a bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you. I don't know. Have you ever sort of done boxing or anything like that? Yeah, a couple of things like um, right. uh, did some self defense classes and stuff like that. They would never have taken it to the point of actually someone bleeding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I've, ne- I've never done that sort of thing because I'm I've it's just not my thing i'm you know i'm mm. not a fighter by any means and um i can't imagine like being punched for fun no <laughs> <laughs> do, you know, do you know what i mean it's like uh... <laughs> so for me it was much too far i was like bloody hell well that that would be i'll be gone i'll be off crying in the corner by then <laughs> um so i think it, i think it's too far yeah personally mm. i mean i think you know it's a bit like football i have played football and I, like, football is one of my things and you know, in training, you don't hack your mate down, you know, <laughs> trying to break his leg. <laughs> you know, the whole point is you don't do that. You know, you, <laughs> your teammates, and it's sort of the same here. It's like, bloody hell, calm down. Yeah. yeah. And, and anytime I've done self-defense classes or something like that, they've always started the session with, we're training you these skills so you don't ever have to use them, yeah. but you've got them just in case you need them. Uh, we are not going to be hurting each other on purpose we were just going to show you the movements so that yeah. you understand what you're doing um uh, uh, all points always take a back seat always try and you know push yourself away reduce how much of your body that is seen by your opponent you know hold your hands up you are not a threat to them walk away don't get so into it admittedly they're fighting for their lives against a, a yeah. aggressive alien yeah, species absolutely so yeah. they need to be aggressive yeah. so that defensive posture isn't going to factor in but yeah, to the point of holding him down by his neck on the floor. That was very uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Uh, having just taken a full like left hook to the to, to the chin. Um, in the shuttle bay, uh, they're examining the pod, and to Paul confronts Trip about these sessions, but in a kind of snooty way. Again, it kind of felt to me like she was bitten, written like a jealous teenager a bit. Um, uh, but it's indiscreet to fraternize with subordinates. But she's yes. a Mako. 
so doesn't quite understand like logically that didn't make any sense to me why to mm. would use that argument against him i just think she just you know she's just saying look man <laughs> <laughs> look your clone told me you loved me exactly and, yeah. Uh, yeah stop being yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's Reed territory. Um, yes. uh, in Archer's <coughs> ready room, uh, we find out that the pod is actually made from the same material as the spheres. And to Paul and Archer seem to have a conversation as if we've never heard this before. As Archer talks about the Trianon creation myth from chosen realm. And it's like, yeah. uh, Oh yes. And it's uh, often like a uh, myth has a basis in fact, which is exactly the same line. She said in two episodes previous, we don't need them to recount the conversation they've already had. It was such a weird thing. Like they've never yeah. had this conversation before. And for a sake of just putting in, Oh, you remember when we talked about it and you said that maybe there was a, a reason for this myth and stuff like that. No, it was written as if they'd never had that conversation. It was so weird. Um, there we go. Just annoying. Um, and Archer brings up the canary metaphor. He was a canary yes. in a mine. So they're already going down this thing that he is a victim at this point, and they don't feel like he is an aggressor in any way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just any thoughts on the the canary myth? You know, they've they've gone down this route. Are we supposed to trust this alien at this point? Yeah, I think so. I don't see any reason why not. I mean, I suppose. Yeah, they don't, they don't know enough, do they? I don't think they really know about the aliens that are making the spheres or anything yet. So this is sort of so. Yeah, at this point, I think it's fair enough. I think you know, you, I think that's a thing, a sort of Starfleet thing, isn't it? You assume mm, the good intention until there isn't good intention, sort of thing, you know. Mm. So yeah, because yeah, they they try and play that you know maybe he was the sole survivor left on the planet that got consumed by the blob and all this sort yeah. of thing so they do try and and uh, they're assuming but they do try and explain why he might have been in there um in sick bay archer um wants to wake him and he's talking about maybe we need to bend a few ethics well should we recap archer i'm just doing this third time here um, you seem to have some very selective memory archer i'm just saying that uh, you've already cloned your best mate uh, yes. without even considering the possibility that you were creating another life. Um, you had the uh, audacity to put in a pirate in a torture t chamber, effectively, um, and almost blow him out of an airlock. And you've abducted someone and purposely messed with his mind and put creatures in his body and drugs. And you've you've done quite a lot of bending of ethics. <laughs> so suddenly saying this to Phlox doesn't yeah. quite make sense. I'm just yeah. saying. Um, again... Lending weight to the idea that this episode really need to be a lot earlier in the season. Yeah. For me. I don't know about yeah. you. Yeah, I think so. To Paul and Cole, this is where we get her squeezing her neck and uh, they're talking about it. And Cole says that he's a gentleman, not a perfect gentleman, but he's a gentleman. Little callback to season one there. Yes. And yeah, the nice arms and the pinch bit. Admittedly, yes, although to me, she's being written like a she's a, a you know a jealous teenager. The whole squeezing bit and forgetting herself is a great comedy moment for for the two actors. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think we really get any more from Cole. After this, it's just punching and we don't actually hear any words from her. We just forget about her for the rest <laughs> of the episode now. So she gets one comedy moment, one kind of flirty meet cute moment at the beginning of the episode, a couple of punches, and then we forget Cole. Mako number six returns to the background. She just, there's nothing. Like, there's not even like a, oh, I thought we were going to have something. Nothing. 
did you feel like you wanted to know more about this character? They feel like we should have set her up a bit earlier to make this love triangle sort of work? I think she definitely should have been set up earlier. Whether I want to know more about her? Don't know. Um, they did a lot of exposition in just this one scene, saying that she lived yeah. there. They were yeah. rivals, school rivals. Um, you know, she's five hundred kilometers away from where Trip used to grow up. You know, they did a lot of legwork trying to set up this character, only for us to completely yeah. forget her in the next few scenes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it just it yeah. baffles me on that. Yeah, but, it does. Um, the writing. Well, we've said this so many times. The writing on Enterprise is <laughs> in. There's interesting choices made. Let's put it that way. Very yeah. true. Very true. But also in this scene, when Cole is coming to her for the pressure sessions, Topol is wearing what effectively is like a masseuse's outfit. No silk robes. Yes. No, uh, no weird shots of angles and boobage and stuff for her. It is for Cole. They've done it exactly yeah. the same yeah, for Cole. So sexy. Yeah. The exploitative sexy trek is back in terms of that scene, but they weren't exploiting Topol. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm not commending them for that, but <laughs> no, exactly that should be a minimum, really, shouldn't it? That should be it should like be the like, minimum. Exactly. Yeah. Why was this not what they all the other scenes were? Why wasn't yeah. she wearing this outfit all the other time she was with Trip? It it baffles my mind why <laughs> that because it was perfectly okay for them to do it, only for them to do it in the next scene where she has Trip again. But we'll come to that in a moment because um, we've got shooting practice, uh, oh, a, yes. aka. AKA they should have just got hold of a Nintendo entertainment system and hooked up some duck hunt. Cause that's all it is. Um, Hayes tries to embarrass him by putting it on level two and yeah. saying, you only got four out of 10. I got nine out of 10 and that's a mid range score. Uh, Cole. Um, oh, she does get one more line. Cause oh, she says she had a lucky day uh, yeah. getting 14 hits at level four. Um, so she becomes a bit of a dick as well. Are we supposed to not like her after that line because she was a bit braggy? Uh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so this is the Hayes I wanted like earlier on. I wanted Hayes to be antagonistic to Reed. So that there's a justified reason why yeah. he hates him. But up to this point, Reed has been a complete D to him and just that's it. Like yeah. Hayes has been reasonable and only now has he been pushed to the level of being a d and I kind of wanted this guy earlier, yeah. and I just wondered if you had the same feelings. Yeah, you're right, absolutely. You know, at least I mean, with Reed, I mean Reed is a bit of a div, a bit of a mm -hmm. dick. So it probably wouldn't take much to put him, you know, in, sort of in, you into his bad books. Mm -hmm. But at least have a reason for being in the bad books. You know, <laughs> have a sort of you know a perceived slight. Of some mm -hmm. kind, you know, but no, as I say, Reed's, um, Hayes has been professional all through this, you know, and Reed is just, a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, Reed, Reed, it really is, and only for the next scene in the mess hall, he's just sulking and pushing his potatoes around on his plate. He's so, it's just a five-year-old boy. That's all he is. He's just sulking away, and only for Trip to then try and build him up. And then uh, there's this whole thing that my friend has to somehow console me because I'm sulking about a problem I have that I yeah. caused. It's yeah. just, oh, God. Again, this was another retread moment for me because of the yep. sulking. It was just ridiculous. So Stick it in, mate. Stick it in. <laughs> um, there is a bit where, you know, oh, I see you've been giving cold pressure, trying to get back at Trip. Yeah. 
and Trip was just trying to be nice. He was trying to build him up. But again, this this I forgot about this bit, but you're right. This is this is this this is Reed in cell Reed, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, as I said earlier, there's not a massive amount of men to choose from on the, on the Enterprise. And can you imagine how Reed feels that Trip basically has got the attention of two women, and, <laughs> and Reed can't even get the attention of you know, just he's not even it's not even close. You know, it's not even like you know the odd. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone would even like flirt with him occasionally just for a laugh. It, you know, he just. And he's like, it, it must just it can inside. It must be like twisting him inside, you know. <laughs> and he just ah, oh, and then like so, yeah. So well, I mean, the only read. the only living organism he's had inside him on the entire ship has been an osmotic eel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There we go. So he must be very tense just from that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. Uh, they, they they talk about oh you're just friends and all this sort of stuff and he's just he's just doing it just to be nasty to trip and all trip wanted to do was trying to build him up and try and make yeah. him not sulk yeah. um and there was a bit where he was like oh i think i've got a bit of a problem and then trip says just drop it yeah. which was i suppose a little bit fun you know it's the two friends who are kind of bantering yeah. and trying to you know be silly with each other but it comes from such a horrible incel place you just exactly. can't defend it yeah Ugh. yeah yeah Yes, not, not not very British at all, really. I think she's pretty. You ever noticed her bum? She's got an awfully nice bum. Shut up, Reed. Awfully nice. Uh, back in sickbay, Archer is interrogating the alien that they've forced <coughs> awake with some drugs. Yes. Uh, so they're being. Again, they're being next to him. I think this alien is quite justified in what he's about to do in a moment. Um, he's from a transdimensional realm. He was forced against his will. He was a prisoner. Um, you know, uh, is it believable, this story? I think it's believable, yeah. Until what he does in a minute. Hmm. You know, it's it an experiment. You can see that, can you? I mean, that's a, there's a long history of using prisoners for experiments and stuff in, in, on this planet. So no reason why not. Given the twist it's going to go on and the turn they're going to make with the character, would it have been more interesting if this was actually true and he was being forced that, you know, there's some chip in his brain that will blow up if he doesn't do what they say, that sort of thing. Would it have been a more intriguing alien antagonist that he's being forced to do this? And we just show how ruthless the sphere builders are. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Hmm. Yeah. Because he he just becomes mustache twirling. Alien, yes. evil alien of the week, Absolutely, sort of yeah. thing, doesn't he? Yeah. After this, yeah, um, not that he has a mustache, but you know, there we go. Yeah. Um, uh, to Paul and Trip, uh, they're back to their sessions. To Paul is in a silk robe. Um, I'm not jealous, you're jealous. It's all implied. This is it. Um, we find out the sim told her that he loved her. Um, am I jealous of myself? Oh, you're saying you're jealous. Well, it was implied, and it's just the mirroring of the two yeah. bits of co- a, a, sort of a nice loop round conversation that they're saying the lines back to each other, but yeah, yeah. And then, of course, when she slips the robe off, it's yeah. not just a shot from the shoulders up in a typical kind of like this is daytime TV and everyone can watch it. No, let's get right down to the very tip of the bottom of her butt crack and let's get it on the screens because it's all about Jaylene Blaylock and showing off her body. And we don't yeah. give any kind of respect to her at all. 
Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate sexy trek. Um <laughs> again, like I say, no problem with sex on TV, no problem with sexuality between characters, but it's just so exploitative of Jolene yeah. Blaylock. Um and she deserved better. Uh yes, back in Sick Bay, Flox uh seems to be getting through. Um the alien chokes him. So Flox yes. is sort of being nice and saying, Oh, I'm from Donobla, they're from Earth. And as soon as he learns out it's Earth and these are humans, then he chokes him. But I was wondering if he knew all along that these are Earthlings and he he's just been playing them for fools. It was I wasn't sure why he then suddenly now decides to choke. I thought it was only because he was this is the first time he's had the energy, the sort of strength to do it. Ah. I think that's what I didn't think of that. I didn't think of it as like suddenly like a warning bell to him or something. I just thought that he just got to that point where he was able to do what he was going to do. Mm. But maybe right. he, he does say that he's appreciative for Phlox and what he's been doing for him. And then as soon as he talks about Earth and then he realized, I didn't know if he was realizing humans, I'm supposed to kill these guys. Like, was that the mission all along or was okay. it? Yeah, it just seemed weird. And again, did they put this anomaly thing in the way of the enterprise knowing they were going to azadi prime because of temporal timey-wimey cold war and that's the only reason so i was wondering if this is deliberate is it an accident this is why you're such a good host because <laughs> you think about stuff i just watch it and go oh that's a, that was good that was <laughs> <laughs> i'm just stuck in the writer's box i'm just i'm stealing from yeah, the writer's exactly, box. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is yeah 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 that's interesting i hadn't thought that but yes you're very interesting but then yeah, doesn't that I, go against what we were talking about in Carpenter Street, that the ripples in the timeline hadn't arrived yet? So yeah. so surely that the other aliens don't know about it either yet because the ripples that's, haven't gone through. That's another thing as well. But then uh, they're in the 26th century, aren't they? When we find okay. out eventually. So maybe it reached the 26th, it hasn't got yeah. to the 30th. It's got another 400 years yet. Yeah. So that ripple is still traveling through. Um, you know, it got stopped off at, at the lights and it's just been waiting on a red light for ages. So it can't <laughs> get through. He then sort of gets up and he starts walking through the walls. And now we've got our, our peril. Not that yeah. you'd know about it, because we are going to go straight to another very important scene this episode. Training. And yes. read is in front of a mirror, punching the air in a vest, looking yes. at himself. <laughs> We've established there's hologram targets to shoot. Why can't he make a hologram dummy and start punching it out? No need for a mirror. But no, he's just staring at himself in a mirror, sweating himself up, looking a little bit uh, angry at himself, uh, but also pleased as well. Really weird. <laughs> It's such an incel. Um, he would he would love to be on Instagram or something like that, wouldn't he? Like or, yeah, or TikTok. Absolutely. He would be yeah. all over that. Um, <laughs> Hayes walks in in a, a hoodie that I really want to get somewhere. Like the the hoodie Mako outfit that looks really uh, comfy and snug. Um, and the dick swinging begins. It does indeed, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm oh, surprised they... that like um, Hayes didn't sort of walk in like a like a cowboy <laughs> off of a off of a horse. You know, just like. <laughs> Swing, swing. <laughs> I thought maybe that he would just join him next to the mirror and they'd yeah, be both punching the air, yeah. doing it to each other. Um, but they go for it and they are going to punch and punch and punch. Um, this is where I'm going to bring, I'm sure I've mentioned this before in this, if not this show, I've mentioned it on um, Cosmic Pizza. But uh, did you ever watch um, 
Big Train and uh, The Fast Show. Yes. Yes, I did. One of the two, and I cannot remember which, had a sketch where two guys are fighting on a dock. And it starts at the beginning of the episode. Then two minutes later, they've done a couple of sketches. They come yeah. back. They're still fighting, but they're getting a bit punchier and a bit harder. Then they do a few more sketches. Then they come yeah. back two minutes later, know, yeah. and they're getting really tired, and they're sort of slapping each other on the face, and they can't keep fighting. And by the end of the episode, they're just laying there on the dock, completely unconscious, just slapping each other every now and then. And it's just I'm, called The Fight. I'm pretty sure that's uh, Far Show. I, far I know Show. The one, I know the one you mean. I'm pretty sure that is, yeah. That's what this needed to be. I just wanted them yeah. to cut back whilst yeah, they're solving through, the yeah. big the big dilemma yeah. as he's walking through the things. They're just slapping each other for ages. Yeah. And then we go to Archer, like chewing them out afterwards. It's like, we had this massive panic. There was an alien with his hands in the walkor and you're punching each other <laughs> on deck 12. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, uh, he's picked up a few Klingon moves. Don't know what that Klingon move was. It just looked like punching with an elbow. I think pretty yeah. much humans do that, don't they? Yeah. Um, but the alert breaks up the fight. Uh, the aliens walking through all this. We get a random bit where a crewman is watching him go through, but she's watching the ceiling, not yes. watching where he walked. Yeah. So I'm I'm chalking this up to bad CGI on this one. <laughs> um, but I'd like to know what's her job. What was she doing? She she was looking at herself in a mirror, but she wasn't doing anything. Like there was no clue as to what this crew member was. Is she Ensign Pooper Scooper? Is she uh, the quartermaster? Who knows? Who knows? Did we see the quartermaster and we didn't yes. realize? Yes. Because uh, I mean, he went he went out of sickbay, and we've already established the quartermaster must be next to sickbay, putting yep. the pillows in. Yep. Was that the next room? Maybe uh, as he was going through the wall. Yeah. And she's yeah. been the quartermaster all along. Who knows? Um. The alien walks into engineering, as everybody can. That's not exactly a difficult thing. Um, and we get a bit of an Evil Dead shot. You, have you seen Evil Dead and you know the the movies with uh, Sam Raimi and yeah? But you know when um, the alien goes towards Trip as he first yeah. goes into the alien, and the the camera sort of like sort of chop and changes as it goes all the way up to his face mm. really quickly, and it just reminded me of this point where one of the aliens, one of the Deadites, goes for. Um, Bruce Campbell's character of Ash and it just looked like the same thing like they were doing a bit of a Sam Raimi kind of thing and again fed into my idea is this like the 50s is this like a horror kind of playoff or that sort of thing Um, just a little thought but it just seemed like one of those shots Uh, Hayes fires at the warp core because again everybody does that (laughs) and the alien plunges his hands into it now if he's phased in that means mm-hmm. he's got to unphase his hands on the other side, which means they're not yep. connected to his arms. Yep. Does his hands fall off into the warp core? And that's what's been causing the whole thing. <laughs> that It doesn't make any sense to me. Like that means there's a solid hand. Then there's no hand from say the, yep. the, the wrist up to the elbow. And then from the elbow up it's fully. I, yeah. Weird. It's all. I mean, that makes less sense than time travel to me, like how people phase through walls. Without falling through floors, of course. Exactly. Well, there's another one. Like, how does yeah. he not fall through? Because he is phasing yeah. and he's pointing downwards. So he should yep. fall right. Uh, there we go. Um, but they shock him with some very bad CGI again. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the electricity goes up his arms and he goes, well, like a little squirrel just <laughs> flung across the room. And Hayes and Reed look triumphant and they should have kissed. I just feel like 
they're standing there there was flames behind them like flames of passion and it feels like they should have just embraced and just had it you know had it there and then in the engine room as the mako's coming it's like oh man oh okay uh get a room guys oh <laughs> uh, there and then it just bit i don't know that would have made much more believable maybe, sense to me maybe not only that but maybe you've solved the problem oh reed is closeted that's it it could be and it could be he, he just he just fancies re, uh, Hayes massively. It would make that's a it. lot of sense. That's it. He's been feeling rejected by a potential lover, and that's it. That's all the the kind of spoilt little British boy that he is. He's just sulking about it. That does make a lot of sense, and that would have been an interesting storyline. I would yeah, have come in for that. Yeah. Yeah. These two guys have come together and, and you know, they can't announce it about each other because they're too proud of themselves. They can't be open about it. They, maybe they come from similar backgrounds, you know, their families. We know Reed, his family can't stand him. What if Hayes has the exact same problem? You know, that sort of thing. That would have been a great idea. Like have that. And that's the relationship that also starts <laughs> alongside Trip and mm. DePole. I think I would have liked this episode a lot more. Um. In the mess hall, Trip and Topol talk about the morning after and all this sort of stuff. And it's another day before they're going to get back underway. <laughs> so it means we won't be back on course to Azati Prime till the 30th of December by the time they finish repairs. So they've taken four days out of their potential mission to go yeah, and step And step then, of course, it's New Year's Eve. So it's a big yeah. party. That's all going to take time, isn't it? You know? That's a lot of headaches right there. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So January the 1st, you've got to write that one off, haven't you, really? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no one gets anything done on the January 1st. And then no. January 2nd is sort of like you've got to yeah. catch up. Yeah, and, yeah yep. that's it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Again, this scene, whilst fun and like the little look away when she sips the coffee, it again, it's cute and I enjoy Jalen Blaylock's performance of it. For me, it just feels like she's a 14-year-old girl. Like, she, they're... they're introducing this jealousy aspect or you know this coy aspect to their relationship i just i feel like you've admitted it to yourselves now can we just be grown-ups about it but that's again that's just me um uh keep doing the sessions please no please don't keep doing the <laughs> sessions or if you do can we not see it that'd be great in the archers ready room detached retinas bruises everywhere archer gives them a good dressing down um You've regressed to five-year-olds, which is kind of like how I feel about real read the whole time. But there we go. Don't worry, Archer. Everybody's been regressing uh, in this episode. Ah, but what you know you've missed? Is this a callback to evolution? Oh, extinction, sorry. They've regressed. (gasps) You missed it, mate. The one time where extinction actually does make (laughs) sense. And I missed it. That's it. Maybe it's just a little callback to his, his monkey man days. And he's just he's just aggressive for no good reason. Flinging his poo on the wall. Um, I mean, that's probably what his quarters look like. But yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, Archer leaves to go talk to the alien now that he's fully awake and doesn't dismiss them in what is at least a little tiny gag that I appreciated. Are we dismissed? Are we supposed to move out? Or are they just going to be left there? I kind of wanted them to still be standing there next week. But there you go. <laughs> Um, in sick bay, uh, Flocks can't do anything. The alien is dying. He phases out. When the Zindi destroy Earth, my people will prevail. Mustache twirl, mustache twirl. And Archer punches the biobed as yep. Enterprise leaves, potentially going to go and stop a Death Star if they can be bothered, if they're not going to stop off this week. 
Um, and that's it. We end that episode and we end 2153. Any thoughts on those final scenes? Um, no, they're just to wrap up, really, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I suppose the, the, the saving grace is it does lead to a little bit more information. It does sort of, you know, continue the arc, but it's just a wrap up, really, isn't it? The, the episode is about, I think the episode is about Reed mm. and Hayes, and it's about Trip and Topol, really. And, and, and the Harbinger mm. is a sort of C plot almost. Mm. Mm. Which, again, makes me think should they have devoted more time to Harbinger on one episode and then done this relationship thing, you know, yeah. on the journey to Azati Prime, people are redefining their relationships with each other. And it's two love stories. Again, we could have had Hayes and Reed and we could have had um, Trip and Topol. Yeah. And should they have been separate episodes so that we could have given a bit more meat to the story of these evil aliens who are subverting the Zindi and then a bit more meat to relationships and, and the enterprises, you know, it's flying through a part of the expanse. This is just empty trying to get to Azati prime. Um, the reason why they built over there is that there's nothing around here. No one comes here. So everyone's going to leave them alone. So there's literally nothing for the crew to do, but get to know each other better and train and play duck hunt or whatever they're going to do. Um, yeah, and I f- kind of feel like we should have given more meat to the Harbinger than we yes, should have. I think so. Everything. I think so. Yeah. Well, that's it. We've located the point in time. Nice and quick and easy on that one. Um, yeah. Uh, consequences. Question whether it addresses the consequences. The concept of learning from one's mistakes shouldn't be difficult for a Vulcan of your wisdom to understand, Ambassador. I don't wish to contradict Captain Archer. But learning from one's mistakes is hardly exclusive to humans. Yeah, what are the consequences of this episode? Are there any consequences for this episode? Well, I think um, Chip and Topol moved forward. Yes. Definitely. Um, I think that... I think from memory, Reed and, and Hayes, their relationship improves from mm. here. Again, I'm not sure, but I think it does generally. Um, I suppose Enterprise now knows that the reason for the the anomalies and the the expanse is not to help Zindi. Mm. So they've got that piece of information they can share with Zindi. True. Um, yeah. What else? Yeah, other than that, I don't know, really. I mean, um, that's enough, I guess, really. Yeah. I mean, they tried, uh, they couldn't stop him walking through walls, and it's unlikely they'd be able to stop that kind of advantage. So there's not really a technology that's being made out of this. You know, there was no guarantee that even if they'd had force fields in this era, that they could have stopped him because he would just phase through them. Absolutely. Um, They're still shooting at the warp core. That's not changed. (laughs) Literally nothing changed. Yeah. and considering he can hit, what was it, nine out of ten targets on level two, and he kept on hitting the warp core and not a guy who can phase? Yeah, weird. <laughs> That's it. I think he, he flushed his score, didn't he? That's what it was. Um, you know, he he on the arcade he puts H A Y and then yeah. that's yeah. And he's and he's got a um he got a cheat code, didn't he? That's what it oh, he probably does have a cheat code, yes. Yeah. Although did you see how fast he was spinning round? Exactly. It's one of those automatic aiming he's got a, an aiming bot thing. <laughs> he's not even looking. Boop, boop, yeah. boop. <laughs> like John Wick, just all over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, he's going to put his back out spinning around like that. Oof. Um, I don't know how old he is, but yeah, he must be uh, edging to his late thirties, mustn't he? Uh, there you go. Um, so yeah, consequences wise, yes, more information, good relationships are being built, new things are being forged, I guess. Uh, but not really galactic consequences from this. No. No. Uh, yet. So after consequences, we have alterations, expansions. What would you have liked to have seen? Just Reed not being so much of a knob. <laughs> I mean, it's like anything. In like, you know, I know they live on the ship. Yeah. So it's their home. Yeah. So it's not just their workplace. But within the realms of the, it's his workplace, you know, behave professionally. You know, just don't be, you know, just don't be read. <laughs> just don't be such an idiot and such a just. Oh. Yeah, that's 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 what I think. <laughs> yeah, I think I might actually put in for the first time ever a retread outside of our locating the point in time because he's yes. that much of a. So we exactly, put another yeah. one in. Yeah, just drop that in. Is, yeah. You're a very brave man, Malcolm. Never much cared for the name Malcolm. I was rather growing fond of the name Stinky. You've had too much to drink. But there's one thing people think is funny, and I tell you what it is just one. Pineapple. It's a little in my hand. That makes me such a. About 30 years in the brig, or maybe a good flogging. <sighs> See, you were looking at my hands. Should have been looking at my eyes. Awfully nice. That's the one thing I missed the retread somewhere, haven't we? So, oh, there's an extra one to go in. Make up for it. I'll tell you what we should do. Yeah, that goes in for all the people who said, What about this bit? You forgot about this bit. So, all our listeners who have gone, Yeah, you're right, but what about (laughs) this? Is just an extra bonus retread for the ones we missed. There we go. I've put it in and it's all good. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think I just wanted it more of a believable antagonism between the two of them. Just that Hayes was being a bit of a dick. So he was being a bit of a dick that we've built this up, but we haven't seen Hayes for weeks. It just feels so artificial. There's nothing there. If every week he was coming up with different things and trying to undermine him and we'd seen him do it, even if it was best intentions and he wasn't meaning to do it, but it comes across that way, it would have made this episode much more believable. But he's just come out of the woodwork for the first time and we haven't seen him for so long. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, And yeah, like I say, I would have liked an episode more about the Harbinger, you know, set up this aggressive alien species who are tricking the Zindi as one episode and then have a character piece episode where we could have flushed out these uh, relationships in just the same way, but maybe a little bit more given to them, something a bit more believable as adults uh, that they were dealing with. Um, And that's it. So uh, we've done alterations, expansions. Now comes the pirate criteria. Arg, What did you think of the story? From my perspective. That's one way of looking at it. I'm going to recommend it. Arg, Recommendations. So, would we recommend this episode to Star Trek fans? No. No. Again, I mean, it's it's one of those ones that needs to make sense within the, the arc. So is that against it? 
But also, you know, would you want to watch Reed being a knob for 45 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you know. <laughs> so, no, no. Yeah. I mean, it establishes his favourite tactic. Do you remember when he flung himself at Hayes? <laughs> He'd already walked out the door and he's like, Hayes! And then yeah. flew himself. He bundled at him. He did the same thing to the Borg and he's done the same thing to the Klingons as well. This is like Reed manoeuvre and it's really weird. So if you want to see all the instances of the Reed manoeuvre, that's the only reason I could think to make sure Star Trek fans know this episode. But again, you know, the Harbinger is really ignored. So we don't really get a big bit of information. We know that there's already a, a faction out there. Now we've got a face to the name. That's pretty much all we've got. Um, and yes, to Paul and Tripp's relationship really starts here they've yes, really admitted does, things yeah. to each other yeah. they've really admitted each other yeah. things to each other they've slept with each other so that's it um yeah so you kind of need that but overall this episode doesn't need to be as it is no. for star trek fans again it could be uh just like the beginning the first minute and a half where they just recapped everything it could yeah. be two seconds by the way this has happened let's move on with the rest of the story um uh, to non-star trek fans is it a good setup no, no. I mean, again, why would you want to watch Reed being a d- for 45 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want an episode that cements the fact that you are not yeah, supposed well, that, to like yeah, this character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, oh God, it's uncomfortable. It really is uncomfortable. Um, and of course, you know, don't get attached to Cole. You yeah, well, Cole is. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not yeah. going to see her again, so don't worry. <laughs> Bye. Um, yeah, so I, I can't recommend either. So that's it for our recommendations. Uh, so the last criteria is S, uh, socials. Where can people find you? At Academic Trek 47 on Twitter. I'm there while it still exists. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? It's all all over the place. So who, who, <laughs> really who knows? Is it, yeah. It's uh, descending into a blob of social media-ness. I just don't know what it is. And uh, yeah. I'm on other podcasts. We've dealt with that before. So let's just set up the next week's episode. As I say, it's the end of 2153. So next week we are going to be doing our retrospective of 2153. And you will hear that episode. If you want to skip that and just carry on with the watch through, join us next time for season three, episode 70 of the podcast, season three, episode 16 of Enterprise Doctor's Orders. Now, a little bit of timey-wimeyness in the way they tell the episode. So we will be starting at temporal tag, 4 minutes, 49 seconds, as Flux is delivering a narration about them coming across yet another phenomena on their way to Azati Prime. But at least this one seems to be in their way, so they legitimately can't go around it. Um, and this is set two days earlier from the rest of the uh, events of the episode. But the crew may not be able to make their way through another anomaly. We'll find out. Any thoughts on this episode? Try remember this uh, one. I'm a fan. Yeah, I like this one. I, I like Fox Flox. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a great <coughs> kind of character piece. Yeah. But again, comes into what I said about this episode. We could have had this as a character episode. Like yeah. the the characters are sort of doing something else, uh, or they're locked off on decks because they've had to seal them off. So certain characters can only react to other certain characters, and Flox is inexplicably locked in sickbay on his own and going through all of this so you still get all the really good juicy flux moments but you also get some character pieces um but there we go so uh join us next time for that on doctor's orders if not we'll see you in the uh uh the next time stream as we do our retrospective of 2153 uh so as always thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in that next time stream we certainly will yay
I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please remember to like, subscribe and review wherever you listen to it. If you would like to be a guest in the future or give feedback, you can contact me by either searching for the Temple Trick Podcast Facebook page or find me on Twitter at Rider underscore Coattail. Also search the Temple Trek Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Daniel underscore Hitch underscore Writer. Scripted elements of the show are a work of pure fan fiction and any views and opinions expressed in the episode discussions are my own or that of the guest. They do not reflect the rights holders of Star Trek. Any Star Trek sound effects or music are used under the terms of fair use and are not my own work. The intro music, Birthright by Audio Binger, is royalty-free from the Free Music Archive. Check out their work and others at freemusicarchive.com. The Temple Trek is a free podcast with no Patreon or sponsorship. However, if you would like to support the show, you can find my books by searching Daniel Peter Hitch on Amazon. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next time stream.